You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. So it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 24. And I want to minister to you the word of the Lord this morning, waiting to going, waiting to going. Luke 24, verse 45 says, Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Waiting to going. The scripture text that is uh, given you this morning is following the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Calvary has taken place. Jesus has died on the cross. He's been put in the tomb, and he has risen from the dead. And he has met and is meeting with his disciples, and uh, he's giving them this instruction. And after Jesus has accomplished, uh, finished what he came to earth to do, uh, he provided himself that sacrificial lamb, uh, the lamb of God, John said, that takes away the sin of the world. He became salvation for mankind, and I thank God for that. Jesus showed himself alive, the Bible says, to his disciples. He had eaten with them, and now he's getting ready to ascend to heaven. But just before he goes, he gives them some very clear instruction. He said, this is what's got to happen moving forward. This is what must take place in days to come. It was necessary, church, for Calvary to happen. You see that in verse 46. It is written, it behooved Christ to suffer. It was absolutely crucial. The Old Testament sacrificing was not going to suffice. It had to have a Lamb of God, an actual being that would die on behalf of mankind. So it was necessary for Calvary to happen. And that repentance and baptism should be preached. You see it in 47, verse 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. That was crucial. It was necessary. It had to happen. Calvary took place. Baptism Repentance had to be preached. That's what is told. This is not a new story. This is not a new recipe. This is the same salvation that was preached and told to be preached in Luke 24 that we're preaching today. The Bible says they had to tarry in Jerusalem until the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You see that in verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in 
the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. So Jesus has given them clear instructions of what has to happen. Why did Calvary happen? The broken relationship that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. The sinfulness of humanity when Paul writes in Romans 3 and 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I needed a Savior. You needed a Savior. And the temporal sacrifice would not suffice. And the, the, the Scripture clearly states by John the Baptist that Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. That's why Calvary happened. Why does repentance and baptism need to be preached Jesus said in Luke 5 and 32, he said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Uh, Paul spoke uh, to the people of, of Athens in Acts 17 uh, and verse 30. He says, uh, and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. This was a necessity. Paul said it to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 7 and 10. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of this world worketh death. It was the only way for our lives to be changed. Jesus said it, Mark chapter 16, 15, and he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Paul reiterates in Romans chapter 6 in verse 3, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this that the old man is crucified with him and the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin Calvary happened repentance was preached baptism was preached because everybody sitting in this room was a sinner everybody nobody excluded everybody needed a savior and so Jesus is telling them, listen, this is what's going to happen. I've got to die. I've got to raise from the dead. I've got to ascend to heaven. But you've got to preach this wonderful gospel of repentance and baptism in his name. Then he says that they're going to tarry in Jerusalem until they're endued with power from on high. Why did they need to tarry in Jerusalem? Acts chapter 1 and verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. And when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye 
But ye, that's you, that's me, shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye, that is you, that's me, shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. There was a necessity for them to wait tarry in Jerusalem for something they had never received before. The Bible says they returned, Acts 1 and 12, unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. And these all continued, the Bible says, with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. They were in this upper room, maybe nine, ten days uh, that they were together in this upper room that they tarried for something that Jesus had told them that you got to, you must tarry until you're endued with power from on high. You have all the scripture that leads up to Acts chapter 2, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. That's that Pentecostal feast that was happening. They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Everybody was present for the feast. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because they heard, they, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. People were speaking in languages they had never learned. This is what Jesus was talking about when he said that you will be endued with power from on high. There would be a promise, and that promise would be received by 120 that were gathered in the upper room. Oh, what a powerful service that must have been. Can you stop and think about that for a minute? How powerful it must have been for 120 to be gathering for the same reason, for one service, for one reason, and that was to be endued with power from on high. Oh, what a powerful service that must have been. Everyone, the Bible says, was filled. Everyone was in one accord. Everyone experienced a new birth experience. That's what you want to see happen in every church, folks. You want every church to be like that, that everybody gets to experience the power of the Spirit. Unity, Spirit-filled, everyone on the same page. What a powerful service. You mean, I can tell you what, there'd be texts going out after that one. We gathered, I mean, there was something incredible that took place in church today. I mean, we've been having a long service. Maybe nine or ten days. But all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost was poured out. And everybody there was filled 
with the Spirit. Oh, what a celebration of how powerful church was. Not one person was excluded. Not one person didn't receive. And we love to talk about it. And rightfully so. I love to talk about it. I love to preach about it. I love to experience it. I thank God for the time and the day that he filled me with the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for those moments. I couldn't do without it. Then the Bible doesn't say how this happened. It doesn't share with us the discussion. It doesn't give us any negotiations that took place. It doesn't share with us the reasoning. It doesn't give us the timeline. It doesn't give us any of those things. But somewhere, somewhere between verse 4 and verse 6, somewhere in there, the 120 left the upper room. The Bible doesn't tell us how that happened. It doesn't say when who said it was time to go. It doesn't say when who dismissed the service. It doesn't give us any of that. All we know is we read between the lines that somewhere between verse 4, when everyone is filled, and verse 6, when everyone started to gather, that they left the upper room at some point, it changed from waiting to going. At some point, it changed from tarrying to giving. At some point, it changed from worshiping to working. Hear me this morning. I don't know how it happened. And I don't know exactly what was said. The scripture does not tell us. All we know is everyone's in the upper room, 120. Everyone receives the spirit. Then all of a sudden, they're with all the rest of the people. At some point, it changed from waiting to going. At some point, that happened. We can only read between the lines how that might have went from inward to outward. It went from us to them. Hear me this morning, church, because it's not just about us. It went from us to them. It, there was a decision that everyone else needed to experience the same thing that had happened to me, to us. That everyone should be given the opportunity to have the same experience uh, that they just received. Oh God, 
Help us not to fall into a trap of being in a mindset that we have some type of a monopoly on God and God only belongs to a few. No, no, there's something that takes place that it's got to go from waiting to going, from inward to outward, from us to them. It changed. And the 120 left the upper room. And we know of at least 15 other languages or cultures. Cultures that were, we see in scripture. And all of a sudden in verse 14, Peter stood and preached what Jesus wanted to have happen in Luke 24. And Peter started to preach repentance and remission. Of sins. He says in verse 22, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Verse 29, he says, Let me freely speak unto you. Verse 36, Let all the house of Israel know assuredly. You know what each of those verses are indicating? Peter says, It's gone from waiting to going. It's gone from the 120 to everybody else. It's gone from the upper room to the world. It's gone from there to there. Peter is letting everybody know that what they just experienced in the upper room was for everybody. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we have to do that we get to experience the same thing that you experienced, Peter, in the upper room? See, I can preach all kinds of things from the Bible, but nothing will change your life more than what Peter preached that day on the day of Pentecost. Nothing will change your future any faster than the waiting to going. Nothing will transform your life like when Jesus forgives you of your sin and lets your sins be remitted in baptism and fills you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's what will change your life. Peter, what do we got to do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's very clearly stated, repentance is absolutely essential. can't have what happened in the upper room without repentance. This is not just a warm, fuzzy feeling. This is not just a few goosebumps. 
This is not just a, a warm feeling running down your spine or, or hair rising on the back of your neck. That's not, no, no, no. Repentance is your life turning around from what you used to be to what God wants you to be. It's an about face that says, I need a Savior. I need a God in my life. I'm giving my heart, my life to Him. God, I need you to forgive me of everything in my life. That's what Peter was saying. And Peter preached the necessity. It's not an option. Church, hear me this morning. It's not an option for your sins not to be remitted. Peter preached and said, Every one of you to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. No one excluded. You come to an understanding, an age of understanding where you say, well, I, I'm a sinner. I need to have my sins forgiven. And I need to have those sins washed away. And when you come to that understanding, there's no tearing. Don't wait. Don't wait for a better day. Don't wait for a, a better season. Let your sins be remitted in baptism. In the name of Jesus, where you are buried with Him in baptism. Hear the pastor this morning. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, you must be baptized in His name. That is essential. Peter gave them clear instruction. If you want to experience what we experienced in the upper room, you've got to be baptized in His name. When you and I are baptized, we are baptized. Buried, Paul said, with him in baptism. We come straightway up out of the water. The Greek word for baptism is baptismo, which means to be immersed. You are being totally buried with him in baptism. And when you rise, there's a, ri a rising in newness of life. And Paul, uh, Peter said to, to them that day, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's not for a few. It's not just for a certain class, certain culture, certain language, certain age group, uh, male, female. No, no, no. It's for you. Ye shall receive uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise, he said, is unto you uh, and to your children uh, and to all all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This is when the waiting changed to going. There's been a hunger and a desire. It's just last week, last week that God has blessed us to be the pastor of this church for the last 11 years. It's hard to believe that 11 years has passed by so quickly. It just seems like it just happened. And there's something inside of my spirit as pastor of this church. And that's to reach this whole city. That everybody that wants to hear would hear. And everybody who wants to respond would have a chance to respond. And that everybody, everybody is waiting for the church to change from waiting 
to going. I love having church in the presence of God. I just felt and the worship. That's, that's part of why we come to church. We enjoy that incredible presence of God. But it's more than just here. It's more than just at this moment. It's the waiting to going. It's the one that's sitting this morning somewhere in their house or on the side of the street or wherever they might be sitting this morning wondering if there's a God and wondering if their prayer can be answered and wondering if someone would help them and wondering if they could ever find hope. It's the person that's sitting there this morning that doesn't know God but would like to. And it must change from the waiting to the going. And that's what happened in that upper room experience. I don't have the words. I don't know the negotiations. I don't know the reasoning. But at some moment someone said, we got to come down from up here and we got to go out there. Only eternity will maybe tell who initiated that. Maybe that's a question you can ask the Lord. Who was it that suggested it changed from the perfect church service to telling the world? Who was it that took it from a nice little group of people to say that we want to include all cultures and all nations and we want to include all aspects of people's lives. Oh, there was, don't get me wrong, there was a nice little group that gathered. I'm probably confident that they all knew each other. They had heard Jesus say, or they heard about the words that he did say. You need to go until you're endued with power from on high. And they got excited about being invited to that meeting. And maybe it took a few days for them to get self out of the way. And to become in one accord in one place and be in the, that place for one reason. All I know that suddenly there came a sound from heaven. And everybody was filled. And everybody's life changed. And at that moment, they could have said, let's put a lock on the door. We've got the perfect church. But no, somebody suggested that our waiting has to change to going. Our worship changes to work. Our receiving changes to giving. Oh, there's something in my spirit right now. Church, I love this church and I love you people. And I want to reach this city. Paul. Paul from Nigeria. 
you stand. This is Paul from Nigeria. He just arrived from Nigeria three weeks ago. Thank you, Paul. Benjamin. Benjamin just arrived two weeks ago from Nigeria. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you, gentlemen. They sought out. They found within a three-week period, actually maybe just a couple weeks because they were both here last week. They found this church, and I'm thankful for it, and I'm so glad that they've come and they're part of it. You're just part of us now, Paul. Benjamin, I've met you. You better not go anywhere. I'm thankful for that. But how many don't know where to go? And how many don't know who to talk to? And how many don't know where to turn? And how many don't know that it's just not for a few? That everybody's allowed and everybody can receive and everyone has the right and everyone can be privileged. How many don't know yet that it's from waiting to going? Verse 41 of Acts chapter 2. Then they that gladly received the word were baptized in the same day. There were added unto them about 3,000 souls. When it changed from waiting to going, 3,000 people got to experience what they experienced that day. Just that day. Brother Hal, Bruce Hal, who was the head of global missions and just retired, he just gave us statistics that Hundreds and hundreds of people, six to seven hundred people, I forget exactly the exact amount. People are receiving the Holy Ghost every day. I mean, I want to see that change to 60,000 and 600,000. Do you see what I'm saying? I want everybody to get to know the same experience that you and I are experiencing here this morning. When the waiting turns to going. What a powerful demonstration happened that day on the day of Pentecost. It was still the day of Pentecost, church, when the waiting changed to going. Music come. Verse 47 says, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Did you hear what the verse said? Wasn't about when people qualified. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The waiting that changed to going became a daily experience for people who had not experienced it before. Do you know how I know that things are happening in the right direction? I've got a baptism plan for 8 o'clock tomorrow morning for when I return. 8 o'clock tomorrow morning we're having a baptism. 
Something is happening in the spirit realm. Something is taking place, church. It's just not, this is not, uh, we're going to gather two or three times a week and, and we're going to have nice little family church and we're going to pat each other on the back and we're going to spend a little bit of time with tea and crumpets and we're going to go the rest of the week. No, no, no. Church is ready to explode. And church will be happening on Monday morning. And church will be happening on Tuesday. And church will be happening on Wednesday. Because the waiting is changing to going. Daily such as should be saved. It's not just about us and a few more. No, no, no. This is about powerful church of waiting to going. If we could just know what happened between verses 4 and 6 of Acts chapter 2. Was it that they were cooped up together for too many days? Was it that they wanted to get back to the normal routine of life? Nine or ten days if that was enough? Was it that? Was it that they had other appointments or other priorities that had to happen? Was it that they ran out of food or water, etc.? Was it any of those things or could it be? Could it just be? They were so excited and so genuinely affected that what they had received, they wanted everybody to hear, experience, receive, be part of. That's the person on the street. That's the person in the cubicle beside you. That's the person down the hall at your apartment building. That's the person across the street from where you live. That's the person you walk by every day. That's the person that you go through their cash. That's the person that serves you at the restaurant. That's the, ser- that's the person who works the gas station. Whatever you can come up with, it's when the waiting turns to going. Did you bring that song with you? Had my wife come. A number of years ago, my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law wrote an incredible song. And, uh, That's back in the day when cassettes were made. Don't judge her on that. But my brother-in-law wrote an incredible song, and my wife's going to read you the words of that song this morning because something happens in our spirit. Something happens in our spirit when it changes from waiting to going. I thank God for this house of worship 
and his presence that I feel. But I can't be content when I look upon the field. There's so little time and so much to do, and laborers are few. And if these walls could talk, they would agree too. That just beyond these four walls, there's a heart that cries. There's a soul that longs to hear you call. And even though you may feel so small, just take the time and look beyond these four walls. It's so good to have God's Holy Spirit way down in my soul, but I can't have it down so far that others, they won't know. He said, go into all the world and let your light so shine. So when we get to heaven, there won't be so many left behind. Just beyond these four walls, there's a heart that cries and a soul that tries to hear your call. And even though you may feel so small, just take the time and look beyond these four walls. Just in case you ever want to hear it sometime, I still have a few extra unopened cassettes. It's the words, it's the song. I don't think they sang it in the upper room. But it was something that went along those lines. That went from waiting to going. And as soon as that happened, something miraculous took place. 3,000 people were added. And then in Acts 47, the Lord, verse 47, the Lord added to the church daily. And by Acts 6, the church is multiplying. God, I pray for every person that's here this morning under the sound of my voice. If there's one person this morning that has not received this wonderful experience, today's the day. Today's the day for them. God, this is the day that someone can repent of their sins. Be baptized in your precious name. Receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. That book of Acts, upper room experience that Jesus said to his disciples to tarry for. God, you know, you know that each and every person today can experience that same experience. For those who have already experienced, God, that wonderful, wonderful transformation in their life. And I pray, Lord, that something would be checked in each and every one of our spirit that it changes from waiting to going. And God, the vision that you have for this city, the vision you've placed inside of my spirit for this city, and I do not take it lightly. God, I take it, Lord, with every bit of sincerity and genuineness, God, of what you desire to do from our children, our youth, our adults, everybody in this church and beyond everybody that's watching or listening this morning online god everybody everybody 
to experience waiting to going. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.